As we study the ministry of Jesus, much of the ministry was centered around the Sea of Galilee. Now, I have not had the privilege to go there yet, but those that have been there tell me that most of the time the waters are very calm and very, very peaceful. But if you study about the Sea of Galilee, you'll find out that it is about 682 feet below sea level. And because of that, it is subjected to some very violent storms, even though it's a very small body of water. It's only about six miles wide at its widest point and uh, approximately 12 miles long. But what happens is the, the very cool, cold winds rush down from the mountains and through the mountain gorges and then they meet the warm winds of the air of Galilee and they cause sudden and sometimes very severe storms. And this is what happened to Jesus and his disciples when they were crossing to the other side of the sea. Christ had ordered his disciples to enter into the ship and to cross over to the other side. I think it's wonderful to note here that Jesus never commands us to go anywhere that he doesn't go with us. Say amen somebody. He never commands us to go anywhere that he doesn't go with us. The scripture says here, it states it this way, that they took him in the boat with them. It was his idea for them to go together. And one of the many things that I've learned about the Lord is this. Those who obey the direction of God can be assured of God's presence through whatever you go through. Let me say that again. Those who obey the direction of God, His command, they can be assured of His presence regardless of what they go through. His presence is predicated upon being obedient to His command. Now, I want to stop there and say this this morning. You cannot not be listening to the voice of God and not be following His direction. You cannot follow your own direction for your life and expect that Jesus is in the boat with you. But when you are following God's direction, hear me this morning, no matter what you face, no matter what you go through, you can be assured if you listen to His command, He's right there on the boat with you in the middle of it all. He commanded His disciples to go and to teach all nations and to observe everything that He has commanded. And then He said, in Matthew 28 and 20, he said, lo, and that word lo there means to declare or to decree with excitement or intensity, hey, I am with you always, say always, even to the end of the world. Now listen, y'all going to have to wake up this morning. I don't know if you stayed up too late last night or what, but uh, I was up late last night and went to a church service that we helped do music for. Uh, and then come home and then got up at 5 o'clock this morning. So uh, if, if UK was playing up here and you was actually getting to go in person, you'd be excited. So, right? Listen, I don't know who y'all think you're fooling. You post it on Facebook. You don't just scream in your living room and act crazy. You post it on Facebook. Uh, but anyway, he only promised, I want, you, I want you to get this this morning. He only promised to be with those who are obedient to his commands. Did you catch that? He doesn't promise that he'll go with you when it's not his commands you're following. Hello, somebody. The scripture says in Hebrews 13 and 5, 
He says, keep your life free from the love of money and be content with what you have. Now, that's another sermon for another day and another time. But then he says, for he has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. We can venture anywhere. We can go through anything we have to go through. We can face anything in this life that we have to face when Jesus is in the boat with us. No storm of life is so severe, so severe that Christ cannot take us safely through it. Not just take us through it, but take us safely through it. There is no storm of life that's too severe that Jesus cannot take us through. And you may be here today or you may be listening by live stream today and you may be saying, I don't know how I'm going to make it through this. I just don't know how I'm going to get through this. But let me remind you this morning what God has promised you in His Word. Is that alright if I do that? Isaiah chapter 43 and verse 2. Watch what He said. When you go through deep waters, not if, but when. When you go through deep waters, I will be with you. When you go through, when you go through rivers of difficulty, you will not drown. When you walk through the fire of oppression, you will not be burned up. The flames will not consume you. When Jesus is in the boat, when Jesus is in the boat, you can be assured of His presence with you through every raging storm of this life. The Word of God says in Psalms 95 and 5, the sea is His and He made it. So when you go out to sea and start your journey with Jesus, you got to learn to place implicit trust in Him. I wish I could stand up here before you today and preach to you that it's all smooth sailing. But I, I wouldn't be telling you the truth if I told you that. When you go out to sea with Jesus, you've got to place implicit trust in Him. Because here's what may happen. And most of the time it does. When you start out, there's a calm. But then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, there's a storm. When you get on an airplane, you got to place your trust in that pilot that you're going to safely get. Now, I know you place your trust in God. I pray every time before they take off and before they land. I'm afraid I'm going to die, coming or going. But anyway, you got to place your trust in that pilot that he knows what he's doing to get that plane where it needs to go, right? When you get on a cruise ship, if we're ever allowed to get on a cruise ship again, you got to place your trust in the captain that he's going to get that boat safely to where it's supposed to go, right? Somebody help me this morning. When you get in the car with your spouse or with somebody else, you place your trust in them. Unless you're riding with Abby, you place your trust in nobody but God. But if you're riding with somebody else, you place your trust in them that they're going to get you. My father-in-law would tell you unless you're riding with me or Angie, uh, you got to place your trust in the Lord. But you place your trust in them that they'll get you to where you need to go. When you start out, listen to me, 
in the boat on the journey with Jesus, more than likely things are going to be real calm. More than likely things are going to be smooth sailing. But you hear this preacher this morning, there will come a time when the storm rises up. You're going to have to place your complete and total trust when Jesus is in the boat that he will get you safely where he intends for you to go. Because reality is all of life is filled with storms as well as calms. I think sometimes this is a lesson that's difficult for young Christians to learn, but it's also difficult for mature Christians to remember sometimes. And, and Christ did not promise us that cares would not present themselves in this life. But He did assure us in His Word in 1 Peter 5 and verse 7, give all your worries and your cares to God, for He cares for you. Is there anybody glad this morning that He cares about you? Jesus did not say that burdens would not come. But in Matthew 11 and 30, He said, my yoke is easy to bear and my burden is light. He did not say that afflictions would not present themselves, but his word says, listen to this, in 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 17, it says, for this light momentary affliction is preparing us for an eternal weight of glory beyond comparison. This momentary affliction, what you're going through right now may seem like something major to you, but to the Lord it's light and it's momentary in comparison to eternity because there's coming a day when that affliction will be past. There's coming a day when that storm will be past. There's coming a day that if you and I stay in the boat with Jesus, we're going to one day find ourselves in heaven free from sickness, free from trouble, free from pain, free from strife, and free from the cares of this life. One of these days. A storm in our Christian experience is no indication that Jesus has left us. Now I know that there's a doctrine or a philosophy out there you might say that tells you if you're sick, it's because you didn't have enough faith to get healed. If you're going through financial trouble, it's because you didn't sow a big enough seed. If you are feel like you're falling apart at the seams, it's because you didn't do something right. But that's not what this book tells me. It says the storms and the troubles and the cares of this life rain on the just and the unjust. See, most people in this room, and I said this last week, and it's what spawned the idea really stirring within me for this sermon, is that most every single person in this room or under the sound of my voice, you have either just gone through a storm, you're in the middle of a storm right now, or you're getting ready to go through a storm. Because every single one of us are subject to the storms of this life. And a storm in our Christian experience is no indication that Jesus has left us. Now reality is, and I told him at 845, so I'll go ahead and tell you, I won't call any names, but I know, also know that I won't feel any coliseums in Houston preaching like this. 
about three seconds later, that hits some of you without me calling the name. But anyway, I wished I could stand up here and tell you that life is all hunky-dory. And there's seven steps to a best life for you. And that everything is always good. And everything's always wonderful. You know what reality is? Reality is the life of a Christian, I know this ain't popular, but it's true, is filled with persecution, afflictions, sacrifices, burdens, and difficulties. Boy, that don't sound like much to get excited about, does it? The life of every Christian is filled with those things. But let me tell you something. Here's what you must remember. The devil is the God of this world. That's what the book says. He's the God of this world. He's the prince of the power of the air. And many times it is him who causes many of the storms of this life to come upon us. And in verse 37 of our text this morning, the Bible says, But soon a fierce storm came up. High waves were breaking into the boat, and it began to fill with water. But the Bible says that Jesus was sleeping at the back of the boat in the storm. Listen to me. As long as Jesus was in the boat, there was no danger of that boat sinking. This is a simple lesson that's hard for uh, most of us to learn sometimes. But I want to tell you something. We cannot fail as long as Christ is our captain. We cannot go down as long as Jesus is on board. Somebody help me preach this morning. It does not matter what goes on around us. If we place our trust in Him, what is going on around us does not have to affect what is going on inside of us. The reason is God's Word says this. I love it this way. Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7. I didn't give them this on the screen, but just listen to me. In the Amplified verse, and I love the way it says it. Listen, he says, Do not fret, Paul said, or have any anxiety about anything. I've never seen a time where God's people have more anxiety than I see right now. Do not fret or have any anxiety about anything, but in every circumstance and in everything, by prayer, by prayer, by prayer and petition at your request, with thanksgiving, continue to make your needs known to God. Watch this. And God's peace, which transcends all understanding. And I love the verbiage they use in the Amplified Bible. It says, God's peace, which transcends all understanding, shall garrison and mount guard over your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus. An old song we used to sing in the old church said it this way. What a friend we have in Jesus. All our sins and griefs to bear. What a privilege, and we're living beneath our privileges. What a privilege to carry everything to God in prayer. Watch what it says. Oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pain we bear. All because we do not carry 
everything to God in prayer. What are you saying, Pastor? I'm saying you want peace in your life. You just rear your shoulders back and say, the storm may be brewing, the storm may be rolling around me, but Jesus is on this boat. I've trusted Jesus with my life. Jesus is right here in the middle of this storm, and I'm not going to let the enemy get me wound up, torn up, depressed, distressed, struggling with anxiety. Why? Because Jesus is in my boat. And as long as Jesus is in the boat, I know I'll be saved. But what happened here was the disciples began to panic because they've forgotten the simplicity of faith, confidence, and trust. And see, many times I believe that's what we do. We began to panic because we fail to remember the promises and to put our faith in His Word. You know what the enemy loves to see? He loves to see God's people begin to panic. He loves to see us begin to feel hopeless. He loves to see us begin to be stressed and overcame with fear and anxiety. That's what the enemy likes to see. But let me tell you what this book says about the God that we serve. Isaiah chapter 40 and verse 12. Who else has held the oceans in his hand? Think about that. Who has measured off the heavens with his fingers? Who else knows the weight of the earth or has weighed the mountains and hills on a scale? Verse 15. No, for all the nations of the world are but a drop in the bucket. They are nothing more than the dust on the scales. He picks up the whole earth as though it were a grain of sand. Think about that. Verse 22. God sits above the circle of the earth. The people below seem like grasshoppers to him. He spreads out the heavens like a curtain, and he makes his tent from them. Then Isaiah calls upon us to lift up our eyes with these words. Verse 26, look up into the heavens. Who created all the stars, he asks. He brings them out like an army, one after another, calling each by, his, by its name because of his great power and in comparable strength not a single one of those stars is missing I want to tell you something today if he knows every single star and he knows where every single one of them is right now at this very moment if he can account for every single one of them and if he can call those stars who don't have a soul by name and if he knows exactly where they are don't you think for one second that he has left you on your boat in the middle of nowhere. Don't you think for one second that he doesn't see you and he doesn't know or he doesn't care about the storm that is raging around you. I came to tell somebody this morning, not only does he know, not only does he care, but Jesus is still in the boat with you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He's still in the boat with you. Now you may wonder where he is at times. But don't worry. He's just resting right now. Because he's got it all under control. Did you hear me? He's just resting. Because he's got it all under control. So you just get a tight grip and hold on. Hold on. I was telling them this morning, 
I remember back when I remember when people were seeking for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. A lot of people don't seek for that today like we should, but when we were seeking for the baptism of the Holy Spirit, you came and you prayed for the Lord to fill you with the Holy Spirit. And if you prayed on Sunday morning and He didn't fill you, you came back on Sunday night and you prayed again. If you came on Sunday night and He, are y'all still alive this morning? If you prayed on Sunday night and you didn't receive it, you came back on Wednesday night and you prayed again. If you prayed on Wednesday night and you didn't receive it, you came back next Sunday morning and you prayed again. How many knows what I'm talking about? That's the way we used to do it. We used to pray. And I'll never forget, when I was praying and seeking for the baptism of the Holy Spirit, I was a 16-year-old Baptist boy, and I was down at the altar praying. I had one elder on one side screaming, hold on. Anybody remember that? And another elder on the other side screaming, let go. Hold on, let go. Hold on, let go. I thought, my Lord, I'm 16 years old and I'm Baptist. What do you want me to do? Hold on or let go. Can I tell you that all through the years, here's what I've learned about that. I've learned that it's both. I said I've learned that it's both. you got to get a tight hold on Jesus and you got to let go of yourself. Hello, somebody. you got to get a tight grip and a hold on Jesus and you got to let go of yourself. So I came to tell you today, if you get a tight grip and you hold on, because even though it may seem like all hell is breaking loose in your life. Jesus is in the boat. And when Jesus rises up, all he has to do is speak peace. And all of a sudden, the rains will cease, the winds will stop raging, and you'll find yourself safe in the boat with Jesus. You know, kind of like they do on social media. They mark themselves safe in a storm or a catastrophic event. How many know what I'm talking about? Mark themselves safe. There's some people under the sound of my voice today, and you may think this is funny, but there's some under the sound of my voice today, whether you're sitting here or watching live stream, the devil has tried his best to destroy you. He has tried his best to destroy you. He has tormented you with fear with anxiety, with depression, with sickness, with that diagnosis, with maybe divorce, with heartache, with loss, and he has been tormenting you. But what you need to do this morning, you need to put that enemy on notice and you just need to go ahead and mark yourself safe because Jesus is still in your boat. Did you hear me? You need to mark yourself safe and let the enemy know I'm safe because Jesus is in the boat. What are you saying, Pastor? I'm saying weeping may endure for the night, but joy will come in the morning. What does that mean? That means that that the weeping will come and the weeping may last through the night but there will be a morning there will be a sunrise there will be a time when the sun comes up and the weeping will be over and the word says joy comes in the morning you know I shared with them this morning I'm going to share with you in the anxiety that I have battled in my life at times I've been transparent about that with you I, I was telling Sister Karen the other day in the office one of the things that I've noticed is this I never struggled with that. Not one time have I struggled with that during the day. I always wake up with it in the middle of the night. Why is that? Because weeping 
may last through the night. The enemy may fight you in your night season. We go through night seasons. Is there anybody that knows what I'm talking about this morning? We go through night seasons in this life, and the enemy may fight you in the night, but this book also tells me his mercies are new every morning. Every morning when the sun rises. So I tell you what you ought to do. You ought to just serve notice on the devil that if he wanted to kill you, he ought to have killed you in the night. Because I sense a sunrise on the horizon. If he wanted to stop you, he ought to stopped you in the middle of the night. If he wanted to destroy your family, he should have done it in the middle of the night. Why? Because weeping may last for the night, but joy will come in the morning. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The disciples panicked because they looked at this storm. They didn't look at Jesus. It would be good for us as Christians to learn that our experience with the Lord is something that goes, it's not something, excuse me, that goes on around us, but it's something that goes on inside of us. See, the Word tells us all things, say all, all things work too good in the end. For those, finish the scripture, for those who love God and are called according to His purpose, all things work together for good. The only way to dispel fear and anxiety is to throw ourselves unconditionally and unreservedly upon Jesus and place our lives in His hands. I want to share one more thing about this storm. Then I'm going to close. But this was, I want you to understand, this was not an ordinary storm. These were fishermen that we're talking about here. we got some fishermen in the house this morning. Seen some nice fish on Facebook lately. But anyway, these fishermen had braved many storms on the Sea of Galilee. They were no strangers to storms on the Sea of Galilee. But the Bible says the water was raging. The boat was filled with water. And they were in jeopardy. But what a consolation it is to know that in the most severe storms of this life, God is present to help us. Psalm 46 and 1 said, God is our refuge and strength. A very present help in trouble. When the severe storms of testing come our way, what we need to do is we need to allow those storms to drive us deeper into the heart of God instead of allowing the fierce lightning, the loud claps of thunder, and all the rolling crowds, uh, clouds to frighten us. We need to place our trust in Jesus because that's where the peace is in the midst of the storm. But we find here that the disciples cried out this. And I know sometimes... You felt this way. We're human. We all feel this way. But in verse 38, they cried out, Teacher, don't you care that we're about to drown? Anybody ever felt like that? Does anybody care? Does anybody know? But let me remind you of something this morning. As long as Jesus is in the boat, He will keep you safe from harm. The Bible says in verse 39, when Jesus woke up. See, Christ always arises in times of distress and difficulty. You read throughout this Bible and you will find that he rises to meet the needs of his people. But he rises for those who are calling on him. 
Every time you read in this word where the psalmist said, I cried out to the Lord, or I called on the Lord, or the, the children of Israel called out or cried out to God. Every time you read that anywhere in this Bible, you will find that God rose to meet the needs of the people. Uh, the psalmist David said, I cried unto the Lord with my voice, and he heard me out of his holy hill, Psalm 3. I laid me down and I slept and when I awakened I realized that it was the Lord that had sustained me. He said, therefore I will not be afraid. Somebody needs to hear me this morning. Therefore I will not be afraid of ten thousands of demons that have set themselves against me round about. Why? Because thou, O Lord, are a shield for me. You are the glory and the lifter of my head. I came to tell you today, you may feel like nobody's noticing. You may even be saying, God, why have you let me out here in this storm by myself? You may feel like your family doesn't notice. Your friends don't notice. Maybe your spouse doesn't notice. And nobody even cares. But let me tell you something today. If you've got Jesus in the boat, Jesus does see. Jesus Jesus does know and Jesus does care. So what you need to do is cry out to Him unashamedly, unreservedly. Cry out to Him and watch Him rise up in your life. If they'll come to the music this morning. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Can I tell you something today? I shared this with a few somebodies this week. The enemy, I don't know how else to say it except just say it like this. The enemy which is not flesh and blood. It's the devil. The enemy is not happy with what God is doing in this church. He's not. Don't think for one second that we start family night services back on Wednesday night and the second Wednesday night we have family night service we get one get saved. Don't think he's happy about that. Don't think and I'm going to praise the Lord and knock on wood and cross my fingers and everything I can think to do but don't think that since we started regathering his hand of protection, God's hand of protection has been upon us. And to my knowledge, we've not had one person in our congregation or that has been to a service that has been diagnosed with COVID. And listen, it's all around us, folks. Don't, and I believe God's hand of protection has been upon us. That doesn't mean we're any better than anybody else or any other church or any of that foolishness. I'm not saying that at all. But I'm just saying, don't you think for one second that the enemy is happy about that. He doesn't like the fact because you know why? When you, when you come to church, you may be watching by live stream this morning, but I want to tell you something. I'm thankful you're watching by live stream, but it's entirely different when you're in the house, is it not somebody? It's entirely different when you get together. Yeah, young people are clapping and praising the Lord. It's entirely different when you gather together in God's house with God's people. And don't think for one second the enemy likes that. Don't think he likes that when children's church regather, your kids are going to, and it started today, your kids are going to come home telling you about what they learned from the Word of God. He's not happy 
And because of that, he's attacking people on every hand. Is there anybody else besides me this morning that doesn't care to be transparent? I'm so sick of church pride. I'm just going to tell you. Christian pride. Is there anybody besides me that don't care to admit this morning he's attacking on every hand and he's been at your door too? Anybody? Anybody in the building? Listen to your pastor this morning. He attacks us because he's our enemy. He's our enemy because he's God's enemy. Listen to me. And so therefore, if we are making any progress for the kingdom of God, then our enemy, God's enemy, is going to buffet. Hear me this morning. Hear your pastor. God's enemy is going to buffet. He's going to torment. He's going to launch every attack that he can. He's going to make you think that nobody loves you. He's going to make you think that nobody wants you. He's going to make you think that nobody sees you and what you're going through. He's going to try to divide. He's going to try to tear apart. He's going to try to tear down what God has built. Why? Because he's God's enemy. And because he's God's enemy, therefore he's our enemy. But I've got a word for the devil this morning. I not only came with the word of encouragement for you, I've got a word for the devil. Psalm 68, verses 1 through 4. God shall arise, and his enemies shall be scattered. What happened when they cried out to him on the boat and said, When Jesus woke up, God shall arise, and his enemies shall be scattered, and those who hate him shall flee before him. As smoke is driven away, so shall you drive them away. As wax melts before fire, so shall the wicked perish before God. But the righteous shall be glad. Let me say that again. The righteous shall be glad. They shall exult before God. They shall be jubilant with joy. I wish I could find some people in this house this morning that would be jubilant with joy. That would be glad before the Lord. That would exalt the Lord. Watch what it said in verse 4. Sing to God. Sing praises to His name. Lift up a song to him who rides through the deserts. His name is the Lord. Exalt before him. What are you saying pastor? I'm saying right in the middle of your storm. Right in the middle of your circumstances. You just need to stop and begin to sing praises to God. You just need to cry out and say Jesus and you watch him rise in the middle of that storm. Hallelujah. Stand with me all over the house. Hallelujah. I'm going to read a few scriptures and I'm going to close this thing this morning. Psalm 107 and 29 said he calmed the storm to a whisper and he stilled the waves. Verse 30, what a blessing was that stillness as he brought them safely into harbor. Psalm 65 and 7, you quieted the raging oceans and their pounding waves and you silenced the shouting of the nations. Psalm 89 and 9, you rule the oceans and you subdue their storm-tossed ways. What are you saying, Pastor? I'm saying that as a Christian, there's no guarantee of perpetual calm in this life. I wish there was. There is no guarantee. When the storm comes, it does not mean that Jesus has left us. But the storm should not affect our experience in Him. Actually, this is when our experience is put to the test with a personal trust in a personal Savior. That's when that becomes a reality. So I want to leave you with this today. Jesus then rebuked his disciples. He rebuked them for their fear. And in verse 40, he said, why 
Are you afraid? Do you still have no faith? This is the question I want to ask some of you today who are feeling weighted down under stress and strain and anxiety. Why are you afraid? Where's your faith? When Jesus is in the boat, I said, when Jesus is in the boat, you cannot sink. For those of you who may be here today or you may be watching my live stream, you're not where you need to be with the Lord. Maybe you're lost. Or maybe you haven't surrendered your life to Christ. Can I tell you something today? There is a difference between being a believer and surrendering your life to Christ. There is a difference in that. Maybe you haven't surrendered your life completely to Him. Is your life one continual storm? The Bible says that there is no peace for the wicked. That's what the Word said. So if inside of you there's one continual rage and one continual storm, I want you to listen to what the words of Jesus said in John 14 and 27. He said, I'm leaving with you a gift. Peace of mind and heart. And the peace that I give is a gift the world cannot give. So don't be troubled or be afraid. What Kylie Sanders received on the parking lot on Wednesday night was a gift that the world could not give. And therefore, the world didn't give it and the world cannot take that gift away. You have to do just like she did. You have to accept that gift. And now for, oh, I feel the Lord started to move on, but I want to say this right now. So if you're here or you're watching and you're not sure Jesus is in your boat, it's real simple to make sure you get him in the boat with you today. It's real simple to invite him in. And you may be saying, I can't do that, preacher. I can't, I can't do that because uh, tomorrow I won't be free from some of the stuff that I'm bound by. I want to tell you something. I've said it before and you'll hear me say it again. Salvation is instantaneous, but sanctification is a process. So here's the way that works. You don't worry about tomorrow. Today, you just go ahead and put Jesus in your boat today. Then when you get up in the morning before your feet hit the floor, you make sure Jesus is still in the boat with you. Then before you lay your head down tomorrow night, anybody follow? Follow me. You make sure Jesus is in the boat with you. And you won't have to worry about getting delivered. You won't have to worry about getting set free. You'll turn around and look one day and you'll say, I remember when I used to struggle with that. But somewhere in the process, God broke those chains. God set me free. God changed my life. God loosed me. See, the problem is, folks are afraid to admit that they're bound. And therefore, they can't get loosed. But you can be free if you want to be free. Now to everybody else that's listening to me today, I want to ask you, maybe you are where you need to be with the Lord. Are you facing struggles, battles, storms in your life? I want you to look around and make sure, make sure you have Jesus in the boat. Because I can promise you this, if Jesus is in the boat, everything's going to be all right. Don't forget who's in the boat with you. Because there is no power in hell strong enough to take you down when Jesus is in the boat. Do you believe that this morning? So we're going to open this altar. And if you want to come to the altar, feel free to do so. If not, though, I want you to lift your hands where you are. And I want you to begin to pray. 
And I want you to thank Jesus for being in the boat with you. Would you do that? If you don't have Jesus in the boat, would you invite him to come into the boat with you? Because I want you to be reassured today that Jesus will be in the boat with you no matter what you're going through, no matter what you're facing. Just lift your hands, if you will, all over this room. And I want you to just cry out to Jesus this morning as they sing.